Hello, I'm John Ellis, and this is episode seven of Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. The show designed to take you from zero to hero in the business networking world. Now, up until this point, in our first six episodes, we've looked at why you should network and what's in it for you, potentially. From there, we've gone through an example, a theoretical networking event, focusing on everything you need to do in preparation before the event. A couple of episodes on being at the event itself, one devoted to following up on that. And then last week's show was all about the longer term and nurturing those relationships to produce lasting value for both parties. If you just found us on this one, you can catch up anytime you like. And when you do, spend a minute to rate and review our show as well, please. Leave a comment about what we could do in a future episode that might help you, anything you like. And perhaps we could go off and record that episode soon. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Search cows, not cow. And make sure you subscribe as well. That way, once you're all caught up, you'll get our fresh new episodes every week. And after all that, here's where we are at episode seven with our expert in the field of networking, somebody who's made their living through it. It's Andrew Smith of Aberdeen Business Network, the man responsible for our show. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Good to see you again and your fancy cat. <laughs> Thank you very much. As I mentioned there, um, we've prepared for, attended, followed up and nurtured long-term networking relationships into no like trust results. On our virtual tour of the networking world today, you've given us loads of advice to get the most from the experience and help maybe calm our, our concerns over some of the more common and comfortable networking scenarios. So, so where do we go next? I want to delve a, a bit deeper today in the importance of, of three key things. That's good listening, showing interest, and helping. And how, if we, we do each of these three things, a combination of these things, then we can deliver the best possible results for our networking experiences. Okay, um, shall we deal with them individually? Let's start with listening. I would have thought being an attentive listener in a networking event is, is good manners as much as anything else, but it's also the only way that you can glean uh, potentially really important information or a nugget of info that you might use further down the line to maybe prove you were paying attention to someone that you were chatting with. So what, what are the, the main aspects then of being a good listener? I think the first thing to be aware of is that most people aren't good listeners. Um, and if you look at a networking event scenario, you know, you'd find that people are tend to go for the talking rather than the listening. So therefore, if we make the effort to listen in the first place, we're going to stand out by, by doing that. And there can be reasons for it, that the people are, are nervous, they've got important information that they really want to get across, a whole number of reasons for it. But if we're good listeners, then we, we stand out. We'll have to make the effort to let others speak. You know, that's absolutely key. It's not necessarily about what, what we want to share. It's about having a, a two-way conversation. Um, it's about uh, developing the rapport, see it as a, as a game of tennis. It's not firing a, a machine gun. And one key tip that I would give is you'll know that you're listening properly. Uh, you know that others are listening properly to what you're saying is if you ask questions about their answers. You're not waiting for their answers to finish because you can't wait to say something. Instead, you've listened, you've thought about their answers, and you're asking a follow-up question. Following that helps to do two things. It's the developing the rapport, but also what you said about a, you know, a nugget of information. There could be a way in which you can help. There could be an opportunity, an opportunity for you, an opportunity for one of your contacts. If we're talking, not listening, 
were unlikely to get these nuggets or information. In a networking environment where even given our best preparation and studying of who's booked to attend and, and who we might want to meet from that list, there are still going to be moments where we simply see somebody new by chance. And I, I might not really be interested in what they have to say, Andrew. How do I look convincing? <laughs> or do I have to change my attitude, perhaps? Can't hide this. You have to change your attitude. But maybe to step, to step back a little bit, I think there's a serious point here where we need to be honest as well about whether or not we're genuinely interested in other people. And if you find, if any listeners find that they're just not interested, you know, in, in other people and hearing their chat and having that small talk, then networking, you know, may not be, you know, may not be more suitable for them. So there are some that may just not be interested in others. Um, some networkers are interested in a topic, if it's a topic that they're interested in. And then you have some people that just like meeting new people and they're happy to talk about, about anything. But I would, would encourage all networkers that are maybe struggling a little bit, um, it's just to, just to try it, just to practice it. And the same way we need to practice our listening skills is practice the showing interest as well. Because if you demonstrate your listening properly, you ask follow-up questions, you never know which direction the topic's going to go on. And it might be something completely new that you are, didn't know anything about, but you are interested in, and that helps to develop the rapport with the person that you're, that you're speaking with. So I think listening and showing interest go hand in hand there. If they don't come naturally, then it's something you know we need to work on, work on both of them. I, I always find that if you can just imagine like a, a double quarter pounder in cheese perched on the person's shoulder, then you can show interests really, really quite easily. No. Yes, and, it's, the steering, it's the steering at the shoulder. I know this next one is one where I faltered, and you mentioned it earlier. Um, this is going to come as a shock when you hear what it is. Not really. Um, two things in play here, Andrew. One is good old-fashioned nerves. The other is networking events are usually only a maximum of, what, a couple of hours long, and moments with people can be fleeting. There is a temptation, I think, through nerves and time constraints to talk more than listen, as you mentioned earlier. How do you do you combat that, the nervy chatterbox and the impatience of maybe missing your chance to pitch a little? You're absolutely right that nerves... They, they play a big part, and that's the main reason why you're going to have networkers that may talk too much, and we may slip into to doing that ourselves as well. If we're doing it our, ourselves, it's simply trying to be aware, you know, or that we may have gone on just a bit too long, going into each conversation seeking a two-way conversation. So if we've gone on just a, a bit too long, it's almost sort of trying to, to find a way to, to trigger then saying, well, enough about me, though. What do you think about, or how have you been getting on today? What's keeping you busy at the moment? So I would recommend for, for all networkers, yeah, it's, it's being aware, two-way is the, is the goal, and there's nothing wrong. And it's also very good for building rapport. If we're going on a bit and we think, hold on, another person, that's not a lot of fun for them. Oh, but enough about me. What about you? That's great for, for rapport building. I suppose as well, this is a, a little bit different, not so much about nerves, but as my confidence uh, in my pitch, say, builds at events, I'm going to grow more likely to want to speak a little bit more, to deliver that short pitch. What if the other guy is as well? Is it a case of, <laughs> is it a case of waiting until they take breath again and watching them like every serial killer and every thriller that you've ever seen? Or... Um, should I should I opt to listen and think maybe you know I can pitch next time? Yes, 
we should always remember that there, there will be a next time if it's a relationship that both parties want to develop. If it is just somebody going at, you know, hammering tongs with their spiel, not invested in, in what you've got to say, then the chance are there won't be and there shouldn't be a next time. And probably don't even have to worry, you know, that we've not had the chance to get across, you know, what it is we do or one or two of the key points there, because that's not what they're what they're there for. However, if it's somebody where they're not dominating too much, but you still think, yes, I'd like to get across what it is I do, then it is, as we talked about before, you know, when they catch breath, when they come to the end of a story, it is saying, and I feel you know the same way too, and I've experienced that as well. And it's the chance for you to come in and try and make that conversation a little bit two-way. But remember, anybody could join the conversation at any time. The conversation could be five minutes. We're looking at a relationship over decades. It doesn't all have to be done then. Let's move on to uh, to showing interest. How do we convey that specifically at the event? I mean, it's all very well being adept at listening, but sometimes your follow-up question it might not spring to mind or the, the subject might be so alien or technical to you that you just never come up with a follow-up. What then? Yeah, just ask if they've watched The Queen's Gambit. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean that at all, just to watch The Queen's Gambit recently. The, I, a tip I would give you is try and think that the topic that very often another person will be talking about, and we've probably encouraged them to talk about as well, we've shown interest to you, right? Uh, so they're in a bit of a flow. The tip I would give is try and think about past, present, future, so that the questions don't necessarily dry up. I mean, another question may come to you when they're talking about something in particular, but then if they've stopped and you think, well, I want to show more interest, it's things along the line of, well, you know, how long have you been doing that for? Mm. What was it you did before? Then in the present, you know, of saying, and what is the biggest challenge just now? You know, does that involve a lot of hours? Do you have to work weekends as well when you're, when you're doing that? And then the future is saying, how long do you expect to be doing that for? Are there future you know, plans? Are there more projects coming in? Expecting more work to come in? So the questions may come to you, but if they don't, yeah, try and think about that past, present, future to pull out that bit more information. Are there any ways to show our interest in someone or, or their work after a, a networking event? And, and is that something that we should be actively pursuing? Yes, yeah. I know we'll cover it in a, uh, in a previous episode, but it's very much worth, you know, worth repeating. No matter how good the conversation at an event, no matter how much interest we've shown, and if we've shown interest and listened properly, we'll make a very good impression. But so will some others at the event. And then the people we've spoken to, you know, will be working the next day with other things in their, in their head. And that's why the next stage has to be the follow-up email to say it was nice to meet you. And if you've been listening well, then the chances are you can drop in and say, good luck with X this weekend, you know, or hope, you know, that big project falls in. It's the connecting on, on social media and then ideally it's seeing them in person for a coffee or, or future events. And finally, the last thing that you mentioned in your list today was, was helping. How does that present itself typically? It's related to, to listening and to showing interest. If we do these first two things properly, then it can, be, can become aware of how we can help the people that we're, that we're speaking with. Uh, sometimes, you know, they will say exactly how they would like help, you know, or especially if you're asking about, you know, challenges that they've got just now, what they're working on. It may come out in conversation that there's a, a particular company they would like to speak to, they'd like some feedback on something, they're, they're low on followers on LinkedIn. 
So if the conversation's good, the chances are information will come out. But we need to have that mindset where we want to help. And if we have that mindset to help and we're showing interest and we're listening properly, then there'll be ways in a long enough conversation, either at the event, you know, in a follow-up chat or coffee after the event, there'll be ways in which we can help. Is there anything with regard to helping that you, you might consider being out of bounds in the first meeting for a networking event? I'm thinking perhaps of uh, providing an introduction to another connection before you've got to properly know the person that's asking for it. Yes, and a really important point in here, there is no hurry. You know, if we think there's a way in which you can, can help, but at the same time, you know, somebody has said, yeah, as an example, yeah, I would like to speak to, you know, company X and we have a good contact that works at company X. That doesn't mean that we then have to make that introduction and we shouldn't feel pressured to, to do that. But it could be the case we've got on well at the event and all going well, we have a follow-up coffee, find out a bit more about them, we check them out online, maybe ask another one of your contacts, think, yeah, they, they seem pretty solid. And then you would look to make the you know to make the introduction after that. Maybe some of the smaller things, you know, a follow on social media, sharing a bit of information that you knew, that's fair enough. But we'll all have to gauge in terms of how far the relationship has come, in terms of that no like trust. We don't have to give 100 percent help straight away to everyone that we met. I would never recommend that. One of the things I can imagine coming back at you, perhaps from delegates, when you suggest being helpful is you know, am I there to develop relationships or help people? The, the two, I would have thought, go hand in hand, surely. Yes, they, they do. It goes back to, if we try to develop no like trust relationships, it's a massive thing in the trust part. If we identify a way in which we can help or we've been asked how we can help, we then provide that help, uh, then the relationship moves on, you know, so much more quickly and effectively. So we're going in with that helping mindset but as I said, Ella, it doesn't have to be straight away. But as the relationship develops, then we are, we are keen to help. But also remembering that it's two-way. You know, it's, it's not about listening to them and nothing to do with us. We would hope as the relationship developed and we're giving them some help, if there's a way in which they could help us, then they would do that. So it, it is two-way. But if we're looking to develop really good relationships, then I would say don't wait for the other person to take the lead. You know, lead by example of saying, well, how can I help you? I think I could actually help with this. Uh, or I'd like to meet for a coffee and, and talk more. Another good network expression that I've heard is, is interested. Try to be interested before interesting. And that simply means put the focus on, on another person, how you can develop the relationship with them. And if you've picked a good person to develop the relationship with, they'll then want to, to do the same in time. But all good networkers take the lead in listening, showing interest, and trying to help others. And that is episode seven of Cows Not Cows. So uh, what's next, Andrew? Next time is, uh, is looking at different networking styles, or dare I say, different networking types, because uh, they do exist. <laughs> uh, so we can identify that in ourselves, without naming any names, of course, <laughs> in ourselves and others, uh, and how we can use that awareness uh, to be as effective as possible, a relationship builder when we go networking. This is going back to that episode where I said, do I approach them or circle my prey like a great white shark? I can see it coming. 
Um, yes, Joe Ellis. Your, your formations of serial killer as well. That's why we're covering that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today for Cows Not Cow. How to make your networking really work. If you found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with all the good stuff, the hints and the tips for free, exactly what you want when you need it. And if you'd like to find out more about Andrew, the art of networking or the networking scene in Aberdeen in Scotland, check out abnworks.co.uk for some networking blog tips. That's abnworks.co.uk. And you'll find Andrew on LinkedIn as well, where he's always happy to make new connections and chat about people's networking questions, experiences, and challenges. Search Andrew Smith from Aberdeen Business Network on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening.